Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God, and welcome back to our series entitled Women of Faith. Uh, we take a look at the scripture from James 2.17, which says this, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by works, is dead. So it says that faith is needed, faith is important, faith is necessary, but it must be faith put into practice, faith in action. Now, so far we have examined Deborah and Jael in our first time together. Last week on Mother's Day, we took a look at Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and looked at a faith that protects. This morning, I want to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 4. And uh, as, as you do that, you turn in your Word of God, uh, turn in your, uh, your phone or your Bible app. Let me just summarize that in this particular chapter, we see Jesus and his disciples. Now the disciples go off on their own to get some food. Jesus stops at a well to rest and he meets a woman, begins to have a conversation with her and share about the truth and hope found in him. This woman puts her faith and trust in him and then goes back to her village, goes back home to share about Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to be taking a look at a faith that shares. What is the process of a faith that shares? Now, sharing can be difficult. Sharing sometimes is a challenge. I mean, take a look at a little one. Maybe a, a, a little baby who would have that bottle or a little baby with a toy and try to take that away. Sometimes they don't want to give that up. It's difficult to share. Now, certainly, you get a little older as a, as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, and whether that's a, a food, whether that's entertainment, whether that's some kind of personal belonging, we tend to not be as likely to share. But when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that indeed is something that you and I are not to keep to ourselves. We are to share. Now, when it comes to uh, Jesus Christ, here's an individual who was sharing about him. In 1858, a Sunday school teacher led a Boston shoe clerk to Christ. The shoe clerk was uh, had the name of D.L. Moody, Dwight Moody, and he became an evangelist. In 1879, he awakened the evangelistic zeal in the heart of a small church pastor. This pastor, F.B. Meyer, preached on a college campus and reached a student with the good news of Jesus Christ. This student, J. Wilbur Chapman, began to engage in full-time evangelistic work. He then employed a former baseball player with the name of Billy Sunday as his assistant or associate. Billy Sunday then engaged in incredible evangelistic efforts for the Lord and possibly or potentially meet, uh, reached more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, perhaps until Billy Graham in these last number of decades. And to think that it all started with one person sharing Jesus Christ with a shoe clerk. Now, certainly in our day and age of coronavirus, uh, there's a lot of uh, stores and shops that are shut down, and little by little things are beginning to open up. But the principle is the same. When it comes to faith in Jesus Christ, we are to have a faith that shares. 
So as we take a look at John chapter 4, uh, we're going to be examining the process of a faith that shares. First of all, a faith that shares will start where people are. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. It says that he, or Jesus, left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So we've got to start where people are. So often we have misconceptions about who is to share or maybe where we are to share. Some people have the thought that, well, it's only for those missionaries. It's only for a missionary in Central America, South America, Asia, Europe, Africa. It's any place other than here. Sometimes people get the thought that, well, sharing about Jesus, it's, it's for the bold, it's for the outgoing, it's for the extroverts, it's for people who know how to talk to people. Or they think sharing about Jesus, it's, well, it's for that person that has the megaphone and, and he goes out on the streets or she goes out on the streets and preaches and yells and screams about Jesus, but certainly it's not for me. Sometimes people think, well, sharing about Jesus, well, that's what a pastor does, a preacher does, or, or a board member does. Well, that's, that's who it's for, but it's certainly anybody but me. Misconceptions, because you see, you and I, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are to share with others, and we've got to start where people are. Jesus met unbelievers right where they were. One person did a little bit of a study looking through the Gospels and found that Jesus had contact with about 132 people. A pretty interesting study. Now it said that of them, Jesus met with six of them in the temple, four of them in the synagogues, but 122 of them Jesus met as he was out and about. Jesus was out where the people were located. In other words, it's not you come to me, it's let me go to see and find and share Christ with you. We've got to start where the people are. That's what Jesus did. He went to a well. It was a, a local place. That's where people would come to get their water. And Jesus began conversations with one of the women who was there. You and I are to go where the people are and, and, uh, and share about Jesus Christ. Now, the woman, after he had spent some time with her, she in turn went back to her town, went to her village, and shared about Jesus, shared about this man. Could this be the Messiah? So drop down a little bit in John chapter 4, verse 28 to 9. It says this, Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Now, some versions or translations, as you read these couple of verses, read, as I read it, that she went back to the people. Some other ones would interpret it or write it as this, that she went back 
to the men. And, and some commentators or scholars might speculate that perhaps she was going back to some specific men. And we're going we're gonna to see who those might be. Whether it's a handful of specific men or whether it's the town in general, the fact is she met Jesus, her life was changed as a result, and she wanted to share. She went back where the people were. You and I can do the same thing. Now, certainly in, in today's day and culture, still the COVID-19 coronavirus, there are some restrictions and some hindrances as to what we can do and where we can go. But there still are places that we can. And there still are people that we come in contact with in one form or fashion or another. And certainly little by little as this process opens up and, and gets a little bit more back to normal, you and I have that opportunity of sharing about the good news of Jesus Christ with people who do not know him. Just as Jesus shared with the woman and the woman shared with her town. Either way, she knew who she was to talk about and she knew where she was going to go. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge myself to start where people are. That might be people in, in your household, people in your home. That might be people in your uh, neighborhood or community. That might be people that you're connected to through school or work or business. And certainly the, the connections and the relationships at this point in time are, are a little bit different. But start where people are and begin to share the good news about Jesus Christ. God's given you some unique opportunities. God has connected you to some unique individuals. Your, your circle of friends are not exactly the same as anyone else. And so the people that you come in contact with and, and the people that you meet and connect with, God's giving opportunities right where you are. And some of you, even in your home, even through uh, things such as the cell phone, the internet, the computer, there are a lot of means that you and I can share Jesus Christ and start where we are. So a faith that shares will do just that. We'll start where people are. Are. Secondly, a faith that shares will focus on the harvest. As we drop down in John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus is sharing with his disciples as they came back with food, they see him interacting with this woman, and he, he begins to teach a little bit, and he says in verse 35, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look to the fields. They are ripe for harvest. In other words, the harvest is important. Don't just look and say, well, the harvest is later on. It's down the road. We got plenty of time for that, but we've got to be focused on and think about the harvest. That's what farmers do. They're, they're preparing all year long, all season long, as they're preparing for whatever is going in, in their fields. And the harvest is important when they bring the grain in, when they bring the corn in. Whatever that yield is, they're, they're desiring to bring that in. They're focused on the end game of harvest. How about you and I? To be focused on the harvest, it's souls, men and women and young people and children to know Jesus Christ. Now, 
He had come and he had shared about the truth and the reality of who he is with this woman at the well. And he demonstrates by, by trying to communicate the harvest. And then the woman, she has a, a grasp on reaching more people and she heads back into her community. Now, it's not just something that Jesus is to do. It's something that you and I are to do. We, we don't necessarily reap. We don't necessarily have a harvest every time that we share. And that, that would be powerful if it, if it took place that way. But listen, in some cases, we're simply planting seeds. And in some cases, we're simply telling people about Jesus, introducing them perhaps to the good news of Jesus, to the powerful aspect of his forgiveness of sins. And maybe down the road, little by little, somebody else will share and, and somebody else will share and they get a little bit closer to serving Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he put it this way, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. See, we're not the ones that's able to make the increase. We simply share about Jesus, and that might be the planting of the seed. Someone else comes along and continues and shares and encourages. It's kind of the, the watering or the fertilizing of the seed, but eventually it's God who does the increase. It's God who does the growing. So we've got to focus on the harvest, understand he's desiring that we would reach people for him. But as we do so, we've got to overcome some of the excuses that sometimes we might have. Maybe you would say, I, I simply don't know enough about Jesus to share, so I'll back off and be quiet. Now listen, you might not know everything there is to know about the Bible. And guess what? People might ask you something that you can't answer. And at times, yes, you probably will say the wrong thing. But that doesn't mean that we stop. That doesn't mean that we shrink back. That doesn't mean that we don't share. We still must go ahead and share and focus on that potential harvest. Now, this woman that Jesus reached, she wasn't a theologian. She was not a Bible college or Bible university student. She was a simple woman with a past, and we'll get to that in a moment. But her life was changed and transformed by the power of God. And she went back and shared what she knew. You and I, I believe, we know far more than maybe we're, we're aware of. And God's able to take what we do know and share with other people about him. So much like this woman, if you know Jesus Christ and your heart has been changed and transformed, share about that. Share about the transformation that's come through Jesus Christ. She simply shared, look what Jesus has done. Look at the change in me. So you might say, I don't know enough about Jesus. Go ahead and share. Also, some people might say, well, what if they're not interested? What if they don't want to hear about Jesus? Listen, it's, it's not up to you or to me to try to analyze and determine, does this person really want to? Does this person not? We're simply to go. We're, the, the fruit might not be bearing fruit immediately. When we share about Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean that every single person that we share with 
drops to their knees and confesses sins and turns to Jesus Christ. But we're still called to share. We're still called to communicate that good news. It might not be an immediate harvest, but plant and share and water that seed. Invest in the people that are around you. Sometimes people would say this, well, but I, I got to get my life together. I've got to be almost perfect before I can start sharing with somebody else. Listen, here's, here's the deal. God is still working on you and God is still working on me. It's, it's the fact that we are under construction. None of us are perfect. And there's things, God's, God's continuing to work out some of those rough edges in each and every one of us. If we wait until we're perfect before we share about the good news of Jesus Christ, it's never going to happen. You and I will not be perfect, but we can be used of God to communicate and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, again, he said, don't you have this saying, four months until the harvest? In other words, many people say, I've got time. There's plenty of time. Wait until then. Wait until later. Instead, Jesus said, let's, let's focus on the harvest. Let's go ahead and get to work and share now. Who maybe is God bringing to your mind that you would be able to share Jesus Christ with? It doesn't mean that immediately upon the first time about sharing Jesus that they might turn and pray and, and place Him first in their life, but God's going to be able to use you to be an influence in them. So a faith that shares, it means that we're going to start where people are, we're going to focus on the harvest, and thirdly, a faith that shares means that we will see what God sees. Now, back to John chapter 4 and verse 7. We're going to dig a little bit more into this particular woman. It says this, A Samaritan woman came to draw water. And then dropping down to verse 16, Jesus told her, after they had been discussing for a while, He says, Go call your husband and come back. Her response, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man that you now have is not your husband. So what you have said is quite true. You see, the human viewpoint of this woman, for most people in that day and in that culture, they would look to this woman and believe that she's got three strikes, if you would, against her. First of all, culturally, her being a woman was a challenge in that culturally you didn't have men and women interacting, her to speak with him, him to, or him to speak with her as, as a, a speaker, a rabbi, a teacher. So that's, that's not something that would normally have taken place as a woman, but secondly, she was a Samaritan. You, you catch that? In fact, in some of her interactions with Jesus, verse 9, you could summarize it this way. She's basically saying, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. How in the world are we even talking or conversing? How is this taking place? You see, Samaritans were considered to be half-breeds, if you would, by the people of their day. After the death of King Solomon, the northern ten tribes pulled away. They formed their own kingdom, made a capital later established in Samaria. Then that northern kingdom was overthrown by Assyria. And so many in that area 
intermarried with these foreigners, intermarried with people from these other lands, other nations, who were not having uh, their lives turned towards God and serving Him. And so the descendants, they were kind of scornfully called Samaritans. Half-breeds, if you would, of religious nature. They, they, they were not the, the Jewish individual of the, the land of Israel. And so she's saying, listen, I'm one of those individuals that aren't thought real highly of, so how are we talking and conversing? See, for you and I, we've got to make sure that no matter what the issue, we set aside prejudices and instead look to the person to say, they need Jesus. So she was a woman, she was a Samaritan, but as we saw in the text, she had quite a past. She had five husbands, and the man that she was with now was not her husband. Sometimes we look at individuals, and, and we've got a little bit of an inaccurate viewpoint. We don't quite see things the right way. We don't quite see things the way that Jesus would see. You look at an individual and you think that, wow, they've got it all together, so certainly they wouldn't want to hear from me. I mean, their life looks perfect or finances seem in order. Their, their family seems too good to be true. They're in good health. They're this, they're that. And sometimes when things seem good, we hesitate to share because we're not sure that they really need Jesus. On the flip side, maybe you look at somebody and it seems like they or their family or their physical or financial life is just pretty messed up. It's so messed up, you're not sure that they would really want to hear what you have to say. And so sometimes we kind of talk ourselves out of sharing Jesus because we're not sure that they would need or want Him. We've got to be able to see what it is that God sees. See what it is that Jesus Christ saw in this woman. He simply saw a woman in need of a Savior. No doubt you can think of men and women and boys and girls, young people in, in your family, in your job, in your community, people without Jesus, people in need of a Savior. We've got to begin to see them as he sees them. And so, as they did that, we, we see that they are someone worth reaching, someone worth investing, someone worth sharing Jesus Christ with. We see in another part of Scripture, Jesus saw people as a sheep without a shepherd, and because of that, he was moved with compassion. Do we have compassion for those that are around us? And it's, it's not about whether it's Democrat or Republican, rich or poor, man or woman. It simply is individuals who need Jesus, who need a Savior. Jesus saw this woman for who she could be in Him. So faith that shares for you and I means we're going to begin to see people as Jesus sees people. Finally this morning, a faith that shares means that we will make sharing a priority. It's going to be important to us. Back to John chapter 4, verse 28 to 9. It says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Just a, a unique phrase or thought in that verse. 
before she goes back, before she leaves to see her, her family, her friends, her community, her village, it says she leaves her water jar. That was the whole point and purpose of her going to the well in the first place was to draw water. But she found something that was even more important. She found something that was a greater priority, and that was to tell people about this Savior, about Jesus that she had met. She was excited to share what she had experienced. So sharing the story, that became the priority. The, the water jar, that water pot, it was placed to the side. See, you and I, if, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ, we are called in the Great Commission to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news about Jesus Christ to all creation. We're to go. That is the challenge. As well, Acts 1.8, it says that we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll be witnesses. A, a witness shares and communicates what we've seen and heard to others. He said, you'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, we're simply to make sharing a priority. So what are a couple thoughts as to how we make sharing a priority? And as we do that, I believe we need to live ready and available. There's plenty of opportunities to tell somebody about hope in Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes open, keep your heart open and sensitive and ready to God's nudge to be able to share about Jesus Christ. We've got to share intentionally. Verse 4 said something interesting. We kind of glanced over it earlier. It said, now he, meaning Jesus, had to go through Samaria. Now, did that mean that was the only way to go as they were on their way to Galilee? No. See, God-faring Jews wanted to avoid the Samaritans, these half-breeds. And so rather than going north directly through Samaria, they would do whatever it takes going out of their way all the way around. So he didn't have to go. He chose to go. He was intentional about going. Understanding and knowing there was a woman who was going to be at a well who needed to hear about the water of life, Jesus Christ. Are you and I intentional about sharing Jesus with others? I believe also we've got to adapt our message to the recipient. You know, if you're sharing Jesus with a child, it's going to be a little different than with a teenager, maybe a little different than an adult and, and different, uh, different parts of life and different aspects of life. We adapt the good news and how we communicate it might change but certainly the message of the gospel doesn't change. As we communicate, share boldly. Share boldly the good news of Jesus to come, to cleanse, and to forgive sins. Jesus, Jesus didn't avoid the topic of sin. He, he brought up exactly the kind of life, the, the kind of past that she'd lived. You and I can speak the truth, but in love, as we point people to the scriptures, we point people to what God desires. And then, certainly, we're to stay focused on Jesus. In the midst of the conversation, she's bringing up other issues and topics, and he keeps it to him. The focus should be on Jesus. How he died upon the cross for our sins, and, and how he provides that opportunity of freedom and forgiveness for you and I. 
When you begin to share about Jesus, there'll, there'll be a, a lot of questions and, and maybe trying to get you off to a tangent. Let's try to stay back and stay focused on Jesus as we make sharing a priority. A faith that shares does just that. It makes sharing a priority. It sees what God sees. It focuses on the harvest, but it starts and begins right where people are. You see, our job is very simply to go and give opportunity. It's God's job to convict and to save. It's, it's not ours to, to come and to change and to, uh, to change a heart or to change a life. He's called us to go. He's called us to share. He's called us to give opportunity. And then as we do that, we put our faith and our trust and our confidence in Him to do that work.